In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. I wish you all a very blessed and happy feast of Saint Verena, the patron saint of this blessed church. Saint Verena, from a city in Upper Egypt called Garagos, and in the fourth century, Diocletian sent legend called the Theban legend to Swissra and France uh, to actually uh, attack the people who actually started opposition against the emperor. And the commander of this legion was Saint Maurice. So they instructed them to consider the Ecclesian God and also to offer incense. They made them stand in rows. And then they come to the tenth, they leave nine soldiers, and to the tenth soldier, they scourge him severely, and after this, they kill him. So they killed one tenth of the legion to scare the rest of them. But the rest of them were steadfast on their faith, and they refused to offer incense to the idols. They repeated again, they made them stood in rows, and they killed the tenth person after scourging him severely. And this actually did not scare them, but they were steadfast. Until they killed the 6,600, and not a single Coptic soldier denied his faith. Not a single one from 6,600 persons. With this, with this legion, there were some virgins and nurses, and the head of the nurses was Saint Verena. So after they killed all the soldiers, she helped in burying them with the rest of the virgin, and then she hid herself in one of the caves. And then from this cave, she started to go out to serve the poor and the needy. And she was very skilled in her profession as a nurse. And she taught them how to use herbs in treating the diseases. And actually, she did not do this for money. She did it voluntarily. But in order to support herself 
and the virgins with her, she was sewing clothes and she used to sell these clothes in order to support herself and uh, the virgins with her. But in treating the sick and helping the needy, she did this for free. And she found that the people in these villages have no idea about the personal hygiene. So she taught them how to bathe, how to take care of their personal hygiene, how to comb their hair, their hair and to keep it clean. And that's why the icon of Saint Verena has pitcher in her hand and comb in the other hand. Comb that has uh, from the two sides, one side it's wide, the other side is tight. And this was one of the Pharaoh combs. The white side to comb the hair, but the tight side actually to clean it from any uh, incest. So Saint Verena contributed to the hygiene and the health of the people in Switzerland. And when one of the emperor heard about what she is doing and how people became Christian just because of her service, so he imprisoned her. He put her in prison for some time to scare her in order to make her stop serving the people. But this time of imprisonment did not scare her. And after she was released, she continued this service and this ministry. She did not preach the people. But when the people knew that she was Christian and she was doing this because of her Christian life, they wanted to be Christian. So she was indeed a light to the world and salt to the earth. Saint Verena died at the age of 64 and actually she is considered the patron saint in Switzerland. In Switzerland there are 70 churches named after Saint Verena and in Germany there are 30 churches named after Saint Verena. This Coptic virgin nurse from Upper Egypt. Uh, and we celebrate her feast on the 4th of Tut. In the 4th of Tut. The life of Saint Verena teaches us the importance of laboring and toiling for the name of God. 
By the way, toil and labor was not in the economy of God. God did not create us to toil and to labor. God created the Garden of Eden that was beautiful and made Adam live in this garden. But when Adam actually disobeyed God, the toil was as a result of the sin. As we read in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, this was the punishment of Adam. Then to Adam he said, because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So, toil entered into the world as a result of sin. But God made it as a condition for success and prosperity. Although it entered the world as a result of sin, but now it became a condition for success and prosperity. Both the spiritual success and also success in this life. Why? Because when we accept to labor and to toil, then we are obedient to the discipline that God gave it to humanity through the person of Adam. Means we accept the discipline of the Lord. We don't rebel against his discipline. As St. Paul teaches us in the letter to Hebrews, my son, accept the discipline of the Lord. So toil now became a condition for success and prosperity. If you want to be successful in your spiritual life or your life here on earth, you need to work hard, you need to labor. Even our Lord Jesus Christ, when he became man, he toiled and labored. There is a fraction in the liturgy start with O only begotten Son. In this fraction we say, for our sake, he, Jesus, preferred suffering over joy, toil over rest, 
contempt over glory and the cross over the throne which is carried by the cherubim. So he preferred toil over rest. God actually, if you want, in a miraculous way, preach or send the message of salvation, he could have done it. Satan actually tried to tempt the Lord Jesus Christ when he took him on the pinnacle of the temple and told him, throw yourself from the pinnacle of the temple and the angels will carry you, then everyone will see you in this way and they say, he is the Messiah. But he refused. He preferred the toil. He was traveling from city to city and from village to village. He lived as homeless wanderer. He didn't have place to rest his head. Why all of this? Because he toiled on our behalf. He fulfilled what we should have done. And to set an example before us, to prefer toil over rest. To prefer oil over rest. Even his disciples, even his disciples, preferred also toil over rest. In Acts chapter 20, St. Paul actually speaks about although God ordered that the servant of the gospel should eat from the gospel, should be supported by his ministry, but St. Paul did not use this right. In Acts 20 and verse 34, he said, Yes, you, yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. St. Paul didn't have to toil, but he preferred to work hard to support for his needs and to support for the needs of others and also to provide for the needy. So he supported himself, supported his co-workers and also provided for the needy as the Lord said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's why in Ephesians chapter 4, St. Paul considered that the person who refused to toil and to labor hard as if he is a thief. He said in 
Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28 Let him who stole steal no longer but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he may have something to give him who has need. So if I refuse to work and I live on others I demand from others to support me then I'm stealing I'm stealing the work and the sweat of others to support me that's why he said no let him who stole the work of others and the sweat of others steal no longer but rather let him labor let him work with his hands what is good not only to support himself but that he may have something to give him who has need not only to support himself but to work hard that he may have something to give those who are really in need St. Paul did not labor only in uh, in working but also in ministry in 1st Corinthians chapter 15 St. Paul said about himself when he spoke about the resurrection of Christ and the appearance in verse 10 he said but by the grace of God I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain but I labored more abundantly than the all I labored I toiled more abundantly than the rest of the apostles yet not I but the grace of God which was with me and he spoke in details about his labor and his toil in second Corinthians chapter 11 starting from verse 23 he said are the ministers of Christ I speak as a fool I am more in labors more abundant in labors more abundant in stripes above measure in prisons more frequently in death often from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one three times I was beaten with rods once I was stoned three times I was shipwrecked a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeys often, in pearls of waters, in pearls of rubbers, in pearls of my own countrymen, in pearls of the Gentiles, in pearls in the city, in pearls in the wilderness, in pearls in the sea, in pearls among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness, beside the other things 
what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. So he spoke how in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. And no wonder he's like his master. His master actually who walked to the extent that he became weary in order to save one soul, the Samaritan woman, as we read in um, John chapter 4, verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. So the Lord Jesus Christ and St. Paul and all the apostles not only worked hard in just the regular work to support their ministry, but also they worked in ministry. The Lord traveled until he became weary and need to rest for the soul of the Samaritan woman. And St. Paul traveled from country to country, from city to city, from continent to continent. Also in serving others, we have the story of St. Moses, St. Moses the Black, who actually at night, after all the monks sleep, he used to go at their cells, there was water, there was no water available, but the well, the well of the water was far. So he used to take the jars of every monk and to walk and fill it water and bring it back to the cell of this monk. To the extent that Satan, in order to stop him from toiling and laboring, he actually attacked him with ulcers and sores in his feet. But this did not stop him from serving others. And one time he found an angel walking behind him. So he was embarrassed how he walks in front of the angel. So he begged the angel to walk in front of him. But the angel refused and told him, God sent me to count your steps. That's why he was walking after St. Moses to count his steps. Some fathers, monastic father like St. Paul of Tammu, they toiled and labored in the asceticism to the extent that the Lord Jesus Christ appeared to St. Paul of Tammu and who told him, enough toil for me, my beloved Paul. Enough toil for my sake in asceticism. Enough toil for my sake, my beloved Paul. They used to fast two days, two days, or three days, three days, 
not eating or drinking anything. They discipline their body, as St. Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it to subjection. Some people, they try to avoid toil and labor. And they try actually to choose easy way to make living, for example. Some people think about gambling as an easy way to make money. If I gamble and I win, I can live the rest of my life with this win. Or the lottery. Some people use the lottery as opportunity to make quick money. Some people abuse the system, whether it is insurance or social security or unemployment. Just they abuse the system in order to get easy money. All these things actually are considered stealing and theft and robbery in front of God. Because God wants us to labor and toil. If you can work, but you apply for disability, you are stealing the money of others. You are not honest. And you are disobeying the discipline that God gave to Adam and to all humanity in the person of Adam. When some people actually in Thessalonica refused to work and start to live on the expense of others, St. Paul was disappointed and consider them, they are walking disorderly. And he asked the church to avoid them, not to have company with them. In Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6, But we command you, brethren, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you withdraw from every brother, brother means believer, who walks disorderly, and not according to the tradition which he received from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow us, for we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge, but worked with labor and toil night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, And he said, for even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. For we hear that there are some who walk among you 
in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busy bodies. Now those who are such, we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning these are the words of the Lord, that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. Some people, it's very easy for them to come and ask just support from the church or from others. Definitely, as a church, we have responsibility to help those who are indeed needy. But it is not right to encourage wrong behavior and to enable people who are walking disorderly and refuse to accept the discipline of the Lord to work and to labor for themselves. Also, raising children needs labor and work. Some parents, they don't spend the time with their children to educate them, to teach them, to discipline them. Just the children are living in our houses and just to provide for their food and shelter and that's it. But don't spend the time with them to teach them, to educate, to discipline. That's why our children become irresponsible, drift away from God, walk disorderly. Some of them became addict to drugs. Some of them live in sexual immorality. We did not labor and toil with them. Also, if you are serving in Sunday school, or we as clergy, the service needs labor and toil. Now, instead of visitation, the servant may send a group text message to the whole class. And he considered that he did visitation. Even he did not send text one by one, but just a group message. And maybe he doesn't know the names in the group. He doesn't spend time in preparing the lesson. He doesn't spend the time in praying for his children. And crying in tears for their own salvation. We use the easy way now in the service. We don't labor and toil. Pope Shenouda used to say when he ordains a bishop or a priest, if we the servant labored and toil, the congregation will have rest, spiritual rest. But if we don't labor and toil and we choose rest for ourselves, our congregation will suffer. Your spiritual life needs also 
toil and labor. Again, some people want just the easy way. Instead of opening the scripture and reading and understanding and reflecting and meditating, I listen to it when I'm driving to my work. And I feel that I read the scripture. Or I play the morning hour and the complying the 12 hour of the Agbeya while I'm walking or exercising. And I feel that I prayed my Agbeya. It doesn't work this way. It doesn't work this way. You need to fight the good fight. In order to grow spiritually, you need to labor and toil in the means of grace as well as in the fighting against temptation and disciplining your body. I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Think about fasting, our fasting. Unfortunately, many of us don't fast most of the fasts. How many of us keep the Friday and Wednesday? How many of us keep the apostles fast? How many of us fast the 55 days and the 40-30 days of nativity? And even if we fast, we look for the imitation, the food that imitated the non-fasting. And abstinence in fasting completely disappeared. All of us wake up early in the morning and we drink our coffee and take our breakfast. As if the abstinence is not part of fasting. There is no discipline in fasting at all. And if we invited to Christmas party or invited to any uh, invitation, it's easy to break our fast and say, tomorrow I will fast again. Let's compare ourselves with the saints who struggled and labored and toiled. San Verena. How she toiled in serving others. Even when they put her in prison. This actually did not let her uh, scared from continuing his, her service to others. The Lord told us, if somebody compelled you to walk one mile with him, walk two miles. Many times we refuse the first mile, not the second mile. We refuse to walk the first mile. Your school or your work, in order to be successful in your school, in your studies, or in your work, you need to work hard. If you don't work hard and study hard, you will not be successful.
What in a very competitive society. If you don't work hard to keep your job and also to promote yourself, you will lose your job. As I told you, God made toil and labor a condition for success and prosperity. Not only here on earth, but also for heaven. Those who love rest is considered laziness. And the Bible tells us that a lazy man says the lion in the road. Why you don't go out to work? Because there is lion outside. Meaning excuses. Sometimes when we don't want to work, either in service or for our spiritual life or in the world, we find excuses, the lion in the road. But these excuses is not acceptable. There is no lion outside. It is our laziness. And actually, now, with staying home, some of us became more lazy. Even when the church starts to open, some of us who prefer to stay home and watch over live stream. Why I will drive to the church to attend the Vesper? I will watch it over live stream. Why I drive to go to Sunday school? I will attend it over Zoom. Laziness. Laziness actually will cause us to be tempted by sin. Think about David. David, when he was laboring and toiling and fighting and traveling from place to place, have no place to rest, he did not fall in sin. When his army was in the war, in the battle, but he rested, although he was a commander of the army. He rested. And what was the consequence of this? He fell in adultery and then in murder. In the paradise of monks, says that a monk who works hard one demon fight against him. But the monk who is lazy and not working, ten demons fight against him. And this applies to us here in the world. If I am working hard and toiling and laboring, when the demon come to attack me, he will find me busy. He cannot plant any idea or bad thought in my mind. I am busy. But if he finds me not working, then it's easy to plan in, in, uh, to plant in my heart uh, bad ideas or temptation or sins. 
Also as parents, sometimes we spoil our children. And we don't teach them how to take responsibility. And that is because of our wrong understanding of love. But when actually we spoil our children, what will happen? That when they grow, they will be irresponsible. They will fail in their academic life. And they cannot hold any job because lack of their responsibility. You need actually to teach your children how to be responsible and how to work hard. You need to teach them when they walk in the morning how to fix their beds, how to prepare their breakfast, how to help in the house chores. Teach them responsibility. Let them love to work hard. This will help them in their life here and also in their spiritual life. The true rest is in the heaven. As we read in Revelation chapter 14, verse 13, Then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, said the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works, their labors, follow them. So there is a time when we will rest from our labors and toil. When we say repose their soul, repose means give them rest. The place of rest out of which grief, sorrow, and groaning have fled away. But here on earth, to accept the discipline of the Lord, we need to labor and work hard. Unfortunately, the scientific progress and the advancement in technology, in a way, is encouraging a very convenient life. Although those who invent and contribute to the advancement of technology, they work very, very, very hard. But we should not actually take this as opportunity for us to live a convenient life. The Lord told us, enter from the narrow gate. Walk in the difficult way. This is the road to the kingdom of heaven. But is every toil and labor is commended? Everyone 
who labor and toil is commended before God? No. There is what we call the vain toil of the world. The vain toil of the world. There is example in the Gospel of St. Luke chapter 10 when the Lord visited Mary and Martha. Martha was laboring and working hard as we read in verse 40 but Martha was distracted with much serving. So she was working and toiling and if we compare what Martha did and what Mary did we may say Mary chose rest she sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was working very hard. And also she complained. She approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. But the Lord did not commend this type of labor. Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that, that good part which will not be taken away from her. St. John Chrysostom explained why the labor and toil of Martha was not commended. Because she labored in the long time. There is time to pray and there is time to work. If you work to during the time of prayer, this will not be commended. If you leave the liturgy to prepare food, this will not be commended by the Lord. This is not considered service. The true service, when there is no, this time is not time for worship or to sit at the feet of the Lord. So there is an, this is an example of the vain toil. Yes, she toiled and labored and worked hard, but she was not commended. Another example, those actually who labor and toil for the sake of the kingdom of darkness, not for the sake of kingdom of God. In Matthew chapter 23, the Lord said to the scribes and Pharisees in verse 15, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you travel land and sea, to win one proselyte. One proselyte, proselyte means a convert. So you can see these people labor. They travel land and sea in order to convert to one, to Judaism. But when he is one, when you convert to him, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. So, this type of work is not commended by the Lord because they are working 
for the kingdom of the darkness, not for the kingdom of God. People who fight and make demonstration for same-sex marriage, for the rights of homosexuals, for the rights to abortion, for transgenderism. They toil and labor, but for the wrong reason. This toil and labor is not commended by the Lord. It's part of the vain toil of the world. Some people actually labor and toil for sin. For example, if a person has an affair, he may toil and labor in planning to hide this affair and to do it in secret. So he is toiling and laboring, planning, maybe traveling to a far area to meet the fair person. That's why St. Paul said, don't make plans for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Again, don't make plans for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. Some people toil and labor to spread wrong teaching, heretical teaching, and they hold conferences, and they use the social media, and they spend some time in arguing over the social media to spread the wrong teaching and heretical opinions. This toil and labor is not commended by God. Some they labor and toil in conspiracy in order actually to hurt others, to slander others. Spend time and effort and money to hurt others. All this time, and I can go on and on and on. All these types of toil and labor is for the kingdom of darkness. But what about laboring and toiling not to hurt anybody, but just for me to enjoy the pleasures of the world? Solomon answered this question in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 3. Solomon said, I searched in my heart how to gratify my flesh with wine, while guiding my heart with wisdom, and how to lay hold on folly, 
till I might see what was good for the sons of men to do under heaven all the days of their lives. I made my works great. I built myself houses, planted myself vineyards. All this was toil and working hard. I made myself gardens and orchards, and I planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made myself water pools from which to water the growing trees of the grove. I acquired male and female servants and had servants born in my house. Yes, I had great possessions of herd and flocks than all who were in Jerusalem before me. And believe me, when actually your possessions increase, your toil also increase. And your worry and your anxiety increase also. I also gathered for myself silver and gold and the special treasures of kings and of the provinces. I acquired male and female singers, the delights of the sons of men, and musical instruments of all kind. So I became great and excelled more than all who were before me in Jerusalem. Also my wisdom remained with me. Whatever my eyes desired, I did not keep from them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor, in all my labor. And this was my reward from all my labor. So he labored. And he enjoyed all the pleasures of life. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had done and on the labor in which I have toiled. So he toiled. So he looked at the labor in which I had toiled. And indeed, all was vanity and grasping of the wind, as if I just grasped wind, nothing. There was no profit under the sun. You know, in the catechesis, at the end of the monastic rites, after we consecrate a monk or a nun, we tell them, thank God that he delivered you from the vain work or labor of the world. He delivered you today from the vain labor of the world. So any labor, not for the kingdom of God, not for the glory of God, will be counted against you. And we will be the most pitiable, most miserable. Because all this labor will not contribute to our heavenly inheritance. Do you want to know the conclusion of the whole matter? In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse uh, 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandment, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work, every toil, every labor. He will bring every work into judgment. 
including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Tomorrow also, we'll celebrate the feast of Joshua, son of Nun, who also led the Israelites in the promised land. And he led them in many wars. Definitely he labored and toiled until he entered the promised land, defeated eight nations, distributed the land to all the people. So from the life of Prophet Joshua, son of Nun, and from the life of Saint Verena, we should know that God wants us to take our life seriously and to work hard for his glory, to work hard for his kingdom. When we work hard and labor and toil for the right purpose, in the right time, in the right way, fighting the good fight, then we will have rest in the eternal abode. We'll have rest, joy, and peace with all the saints have pleased him since the beginning. May the prayers and intercession of St. Mary, Mother of God, St. Verena, the Prophet John, uh, Joshua, son of Nun, and all the saints be with all of us. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.